Welcome to the Nieces Nugs Podcast. What's up, friends? It is time for episode two of the Nieces Nugs Podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you join us for episode one, we really want to say thank you. We've got some good feedback. Several of you texted and said, hey, I think I can go see a Broadway show. I think I can do this. You absolutely can do it. That is what the point of this podcast is, just to provide you tips and helpful hints for how to do things, life lessons that I've learned along the way. Episode two, as we open up today, will be some tangible words of wisdom For Spirit Airlines. Yes, we're talking about the big yellow birds flying around the sky. Some of you immediately threw up in your mouth just a little bit when you heard that word. Some of you cursed at the mention of the airline and completely have written them off. Some of you probably think you have too much money to fly Spirit. Hey, I want to thank you again for tuning into this podcast, and I would encourage you to go over to davidneese.com and to reach out to me. With that money, I would value your sponsorship in helping us keep this podcast going, so let me know how you're going to sponsor, even though you're not going to fly Spirit Airlines. But let me tell you, when I see Spirit planes or when I hear people talk about Spirit, I think about gold, and I think about incredible opportunity. Now, the caveat is this. Frontier Airlines just made a bid to purchase Spirit, and they're in the works. A merger is in the works. We have no idea how that's going to pan out. We have no idea what the prices structures are going to be, what the new airline is going to be. But for the meantime, we're going to treat Spirit as its own operating airline, because until that becomes final, it is. And so today, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the things about Spirit that I think you should know. I didn't know much about Spirit Airlines about eight and a half years ago when I first moved to Myrtle Beach, but my wife and I were looking at airfare to get her aunties down to come visit us while we had just moved to the beach. And we're online, and we find this ticket for Spirit, and at the very bottom, it says, there's a little asterisk, and it said, airfare may be cheaper at the airport. We looked at each other and thought, surely this isn't true. We investigate it. We're going to talk more about that in this episode. But from that moment on, we started becoming fans of Spirit. And so today, what I'm going to do is kind of give you a top 10 things that I think you should know. I'm not, big, I'm not a big fan of top 10 lists, but hopefully this is just a way to organize things that I think you should pay attention to when we're talking about Spirit Airlines. So here's the top 10. Number one is this. You should consider flying Spirit Airlines because they offer a lot of nonstop flights. Yes, in fact, from Myrtle Beach, that's one of the reasons why we really love Spirit is we can get a lot of places direct and not have to do layovers. We have American Airlines and we have Delta. Delta goes through Atlanta. American goes through Charlotte. And what we noticed was that whenever we wanted to go anywhere, it always would go to one of those two places. But with Spirit Airlines, man, we can go direct to so many different cities. And we've flown direct so many different cities from Myrtle Beach. We've gone to Philly. We've gone to Atlantic City. We've gone to New York City. We've gone to Chicago. We've gone to Baltimore. We've gone to Niagara Falls. We've gone to Fort Lauderdale. And the best part about this is you don't have to worry about missing a connection or something happening along the way. When you take off, your next landing spot will be your destination. So number one, consider the nonstop flight options. It's amazing. Depending on what airport you're at, Spirit flies nonstop to several places. Number two is this, and I mentioned this early, the price at the airport for tickets is 
different. In fact, it's cheaper, what I would estimate about 95% of the time. Most of the times when I go to the airport, the price that they quote me is cheaper than what I find online. A couple times, I have seen that the price is the same. It has never been more expensive. But let me just say this right quick. In the nicest way possible, don't be a doofus. Don't be one of those people who goes to the airport and has no idea what they're doing and has no idea what they're looking for. They get in the Spirit Airlines line. They take up time. They ask the agent who's selling the tickets all these random questions. They're not ready. Maybe they're on the phone with someone else, and they're simply wasting everybody's time. I compare these people to the people who get on the airplane who have no idea how to board an airplane or get off the airplane, and they're sitting there fidgeting with their bags. They're standing in the aisle. They're, they're wasting time, and we're all thinking, how did you make it this far? in life. If you don't know the people I'm talking about, chances are it might be you. So listen up. When you go to the airport to do this method, if you live close to an airport, I'm thankful enough to live within 10-minute drive of Myrtle Beach Airport. I can park free for 14 minutes so I can run in, see how long the line is. It used to be a lot shorter until the words start getting out about this. But what I do is I do my research. I watch ticket prices online, and when they're Within a range, that I think I, I can buy this, and if it's 30% cheaper at the airport, which is about on average is what it is, then I can purchase this. And so I did my research. For example, the other day I was trying to find tickets for us to surprise the girls and take them to Niagara Falls this summer. And so I found ticket prices for a dates that worked, and I figured if this is how much it is online, I looked online, and this was the price. And so when I got there and gave them the dates and the thing, they quoted me a price that was $200 cheaper for the four of us to go to Niagara Falls round trip. So I booked the tickets on the spot. Do your research. You have a 24-hour window if you buy them at the airport. As long as your flight leaves more than seven days from when you're purchasing, you have a 24-hour free cancellation, free change policy on those tickets. But after that, you're locked in, and that's okay because you're ready to go. But when you go to the airport, you got to read people. If people look confused, if they don't look like they know what they're doing, you know, sometimes that line's not worth waiting in line for. There's been times where I'm just like, you know what? I'm not going to save that much money, so I'm going to turn around and leave. I purchased tickets the other day as well to go to Fort Lauderdale round trip. Round trip tickets, 40 bucks. I mean, are you kidding me? 40 bucks for round trip tickets to Fort Lauderdale? This is unbelievable. So price at the airport is cheaper most of the time, but don't be a slowpoke. Do not contribute to the problem. I'm here to help you find deals, not for you to slow other people down. Number three is this. Uh, there's a free Spirit account. So if you fly Spirit at all, sign up for the free Spirit account. Start accumulating miles. It costs you nothing. And these miles can be used to help redeem not only tickets, but we don't really ever use them for tickets because it's cheaper to buy at the airport. But you can also use those miles to kind of upgrade your seats on the Spirit flights. They've changed that policy recently. And so that's uh, worth getting the free Spirit account if you're flying Spirit at all. There's a Savers Club, which used to be called the $9 Savers Club. On this, you, you save on bag fees, and you save, but this is a, a subscription fee per year. And uh, I don't think it's quite, I don't think it's worth it because the price I get at the airport overrides that. But if you fly Spirit a lot, or if you're planning on checking bags a lot, that will save you some money, and the price is not too prohibitive to do that. Number four is this. It is the no-frills airline. Be prepared that it is what it is. The people who have the most problem with spirit are the people who expect luxury at a bare minimum cost. 
Spirit, by definition, is a no-frills airline, which means this, that everything is going to be cost money for an upgrade. Everything. Your food's going to cost. Your seats are going to cost. Every kind of wish and desire you have will cost you some money. So just be prepared to experience it as it is, and you will be okay. Prepare ahead of time, and don't worry about the rest. Going along with this, number five is this. Because it's a no-frills airline, because they charge, pack your snacks ahead of time and get a drink at the airport before you get on the plane. That way you save the money of having to pay Spirit and instead get a drink that you want at a size you want, and also you bring your own snacks, whether that's from home or buying them at the airport. So I bring snacks from home, and I will either bring a bottle of water, uh, empty bottled water through security. You can't bring water through security, but you can fill up your water bottle after you get through security, or I'll buy a a Diet Coke or or something like that in one of the uh, stores at the airport, and then I have my snacks and my drink for the flight. Most flights on Spirit, two hours, around two hours. I have taken a flight recently on Spirit that was from Fort Lauderdale to Los Angeles, which was close to six hours. I prepared by bringing food. I bought food at the airport in Fort Lauderdale, a a meal, and I bought a drink so that I was ready to go. No issues on those flights. So prepare ahead of time, pack your snacks, get your drinks, things like that. Number six is critical. Number six is this. You need to know the difference between a carry-on bag and a personal item. Most high-volume airlines like Delta, American, they let you bring on a carry-on. You can wheel. It can have rollerboards, things like that. Spirit charges for carry-ons. They charge for check bags. In fact, the carry-on is more expensive than the check bag. And a lot of people get confused when we talk about a personal item. They think they can have a carry-on when they can't. But let me tell you about this personal item. The personal item dimensions will be listed on my website, davidneese.com. There'll be a picture of that. And there's a little bin at the airport where you have to basically prove that you can squeeze your bag down inside that thing. Now, for us, um, we normally either carry a book bag or we carry a small duffel that can go on our back. And so it looks like a book bag and sometimes gets a little get away with being a little larger. But you have to know what you're doing. Because if you pack that thing full where it can't be squished and where it can't be uh, contorted a certain way, and then they ask you to put it in the bin to make sure that it fits, hmm, you can get in a little trouble. But let me tell you this. There's been several times where I've packed it and just kind of turn sideways as I'm walking to the gate agent and they don't see it. I have people provide cover for me as I'm going uh, to, to the gate agent so they don't see it. There's only been twice, twice in all of my time flying Spirit where I have been asked directly to show that my bag can fit in the bin. The first time my wife and I were coming back from a cruise and we were in Fort Lauderdale, which is the headquarters of Spirit. So I think it has something to do with people training there and they're, they're, they're training. This is part of their job is to catch people. And uh, I had a large duffel that was had snorkel equipment and some other things in it. And I had to shove it down inside this thing. Now, the, the reality is you just commit to the process. You figure out how am I going to get this bag, even though it's too big, into that spot, and you'd be amazed with a little muscle, with a little turning, what can fit in that box. The second time was really recently. I took a group of students out west. We were in Fort Lauderdale. We took Myrtle Beach to Fort Lauderdale. No issues whatsoever with any of our bags. We get to Fort Lauderdale. One of our students, we're sitting there waiting on our layover. One of our students goes, man, we just finessed spirit. Famous last words. We're getting in line to get on the flight. 
And all of a sudden, I see this lady walking around, pulling people out of line and having them put their bags inside the cubicle to prove that they fit. And she pulls one of our, uh, one of the girls traveling with us out. That girl had some books with her, so she hands her books off to another friend just to hold. And she's able to squeeze her bag down, even though her bag was technically bigger than the dimensions. It fit. She was good to go. When that was going on, I immediately took off because I knew that I was toast. You see, I was carrying a duffel, and I was carrying a book bag with a computer in it. And I'm not shoving my computer down inside with this cubicle and, and ruining everything else. And so what I did was I went over and I took calmly took off my jacket, took off my hoodie. I had a T-shirt on. I put my book bag on, pulled it tight. And my book bag had my computer in it. Put the hoodie over the book bag, put my big jacket over the hoodie. And so it just looked like I had a puffy jacket on. And that way, the only things left in my duffel, even though it was large, was I could squeeze and I could put it in there. Had a student with me. Uh, he'll remain nameless, Max. Uh, and uh, he kind of tried to do the same thing, except for he didn't pull his jacket out for whatever reason. And so he uh, put his book bag underneath his hoodie and he got his bag in, but then the lady saw that he had a backpack on. She says, sir, do you have a backpack under your hoodie? And he was caught red-handed. He looked at me, and he tried to get me to help him. And at this point, let me just give you this lesson. When you get caught, don't take other people down with you. You go down solo. You don't bring the ship down when you get caught. I simply ask him, Max, you got a credit card? He says, yes, I get on the plane because I know that at any point she could see that I have a book bag on my back as well. Lesson is, is he ended up paying more for that bag than he did if he would have just checked it originally. But he also missed some critical things. Number one is this. In this process, when you're carrying a personal item on, don't put your jacket in the personal item. You can wear your jacket. You can carry your jacket. Your jacket takes up a lot of room. So if you're going somewhere where it requires a jacket, keep that out. Number two is this, is the airlines cannot prevent you from wearing a certain amount of clothes. So if you're worried about this at any moment, if you see kind of this happening process happening, just go to the bathroom, put on a lot of clothes, come back out, shove your bag in. It works. Number three is this. I've seen people get food bags and put some other stuff in a food bag and carry it on the plane like I'm about to eat my food because they're not going to look into your food bag or into a plastic sack to see what's in there. Uh, and so that's one way to kind of get away with it as well. At the end of the day, we've only, like I said, it's only happened twice. There's been times where I've been a little worried, but you can maximize your space in your personal item by the way you wrap your clothes, by what you take, how much you take. And listen, it is worth risking it a little bit in order just to get that personal item and not pay for a check bag round trip or a carry-on round trip. And most of the places you're going, you can always find either a laundromat or a place to purchase some clothes. So don't take too much. Prepare ahead of time. Pack everything. Get your personal item ready. Number seven is this. Use a fanny pack or that food bag. That's tip number seven. So I've seen some people pack a fanny pack, turn it around, around their back, and it's loaded with stuff, and nobody ever sees that either because it's kind of part of the body or the food bag. I've seen people pack stuff in their food bag in order to, to have some space. And so this is a great option as well um, to kind of maximize your space when getting on Spirit Airlines. Number eight is this, the Spirit Travel Card, um, credit card. 
we used to have this, and it just didn't provide much incentive for us. Now, they've changed the policies a little bit um, as far as what it provides. And so I think right now I would recommend if you fly Spirit every week, then it's probably worth it because you can use it for upgrades and you can use it for other things. If you don't and you plan on buying tickets at the airport, don't get the Spirit credit card because it's just simply, to me, it's not worth it, especially if you have to pay a fee, which I'm not sure if you do these days. But we do not have the Spirit credit card um, because of just we didn't think the benefits were worth um, carrying that card. Number nine is this. This is a huge, huge help for you, is when it's time to check in, do not be in a rush to check in. You'll get a notification 24 hours before your flight saying it is time to check in, and a lot of people just click on it. They want to be done. They want to be ready to go. Friends, patience is a virtue. With the Spirit Airlines, what they do, the algorithms, is they want to sell. They want to maximize their profit, and to do this, they want to uh, scare people into buying seats or upgrading their seats. And so what happens is, is as people check in, especially if they're not buying a seat, they, they know that they've gotten most of the money they're going to get out of them. And so they assign them the worst seats possible so that the best seats possible are still available for sale. So for example, it, you can watch this happen uh, next time you fly Spirit Airlines as you check in, is they will fill up middle seats and from back to front first. And so if you wait long enough, what you'll see is that you'll be closer to the front of the plane and you'll also have better seats, aisle and window. It's worked over and over again for us. In fact, most recently I even got some exit row seats this way. So check in late. If you have a confirmed ticket, you have nothing to worry about. Check in late and see your seats get better and better and better. Don't fall for checking in early and getting stuck with a middle seat in the back. There's always exceptions to this, but for the most part, I found this to be true, especially if you're just going with one or two people. They try to scare you as well to say, we're going to split your family up. My family has never been split up, so just settle down, take your time, and check in late. The last thing I want to say is this, is if you're given the opportunity to bid high, uh, to bid for a chance to take a later flight, say they've oversold the flight, then you need to bid as much as you want. Don't, don't, don't undersell how much you're worth and how much your time is worth. Bid high if you're given the chance, because at the end of the day, if they don't accept your bid, you're getting on the plane. But if they're desperate, they're going to give you some money. So those are the top 10 things I got about Spirit Airlines. I hope this helps. Hope this uh, provides some insight for you. Maybe you're going to consider flying Spirit. If not, at least you know some of the tricks of the trade. Next time on Nieces Nugs Podcast, we will take a look at wholesale clubs. Yeah, that's right. We're going to talk about Costco and Sam's. Is Are they worth it? And what's the best thing about them? See you later. Thank you for listening. Have-